just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. You know, when you live in Minnesota, cold weather during the winter is pretty commonplace. And sometimes it gets very fucking extreme. Now, I will always bitch about cold weather because I hate cold weather. Never bitch about the heat, though, no matter how hot it gets, because I hate cold weather that much. Now, people will say to me, look, if you don't like the cold weather, why don't you just fucking move? Well, that would be nice, and that would be a good option if I wasn't born and raised here, if I didn't own property here, if my family and friends weren't all here, if my granddaughter wasn't here. Sure, I would move, but all those things come into play. Fortunately, we don't have extended periods of time where it's super cold, but it gets cold for enough times to be annoying. Like today, I think the temperature's going to be about 10 or 15 above. That's pretty fucking cold. But that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. Because tomorrow, you know what it's going to be? You know what the high in Minnesota tomorrow is going to be? Minus 5 degrees. Minus 5 degrees is the warmest it's going to get in Minnesota tomorrow. Now that is fucked up, my friend. That is truly fucked up. And that's not even the bad news. You know what the low is going to be on tomorrow? Minus 22. Now, we're not talking about wind chill. We're talking about actual temperature. Minus 22. I've told this joke before. Um, I went to see a comedian one time years and years ago, and he happened to be doing his performance on a night that was extremely cold, like tomorrow will be minus 22. And he comes out and he says, first off, I want to say this. I don't know why anybody would live in a place where you can die by just going outside. And ain't that the fucking truth? I got to tell you, man, if you're outside for too long in minus 20 degree weather, you can put yourself in danger very quickly. Now, I'll tell you where my concern is here. There's a lot of concern because I don't do as much driving as I used to, and I'm really not worried about myself, but I got my wife, my kids, my daughter-in-law, my grandkids out on the roadways when it's minus 22. You stall or get stuck, you're in trouble because it doesn't take long for you to get frostbite or worse with minus 22 degree temperatures. And that's what we're going to have tomorrow. I think I'm totally appropriate in bitching about the cold because that is fucking ridiculous. Now, fortunately, sometimes we'll get minus 20 degree temperatures that go a week or 10 days, and that's just fucking intolerable. This one is only going to last a day, then it's going to be back up to 18, 20 degrees after that. So that's the good news. But that one day you got people who can't start their cars, are stalled and freezing in their cars, you get something called black ice. Now, black ice, how do I explain this? As a former traffic reporter, I can explain to you what black ice is, and then I'll tell you a funny story about that. Black ice is something that forms on a roadway. Say, for example, you're at a stop signal. The road is dry, but your 
exhaust is going because your car is running. Now, this exhaust will create some moisture on the roadway, and of course, it'll freeze instantly because it's fucking 22 below. So now you get this ice that you really don't see or expect right at an intersection. So you come up to the intersection, you hit this ice, and you slide right through the intersection. Obviously, that could cause a problem. That could cause some serious crashes or injuries or that sort of thing. And so when you get temperatures that are minus 20 or so, that kind of thing is a problem on the side streets. But that's also a problem on the freeway. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, people don't stop on the freeway. Yes, they do. If it's a really busy day and you've got very heavy traffic, people are standing still for a period of time. And each time that exhaust comes out, forms some moisture on the roadway and it freezes. Now you've got black ice on the freeway. And then when it opens up, people not paying attention or don't even see it. That's where the serious problems come in. Now, I've told you that uh, I spent 27 years as a traffic reporter, among other things, but I was a traffic reporter. I would watch cameras all throughout the freeway system, and uh, and uh, I'd report what was going on. And on one particularly cold day, like we'll have tomorrow, black ice was becoming a big problem on the freeways, and it was causing crashes and spinouts. It's really weird. You can see these ice areas form. You'll see a car come by, spin out in the ditch. Another car comes by, spins out, very same spot. Another one comes by, spins out in the same spot. Now, the stupid thing is the guys in the cars that are already spun out, they get out of the car, which is the dumbest fucking thing in the world because cars are spinning out there. You don't want to be standing outside your car when other cars are spinning out towards you. But I kind of digress there. Anyway, I'm doing my reports And uh, I would say on XYZ freeway, we're having problems. There are big problems on the freeway. Black ice is causing big problems on that stretch of freeway. And I said that a number of times. Uh, Black ice is causing problems on our freeways. Now, I didn't think much of it. After I got off the air, my boss called me into the office and said, uh, we got a little problem here. I go, what's the problem? And they said to me, Well, we've had somebody call up and said you're saying racist shit on the roadway, about the roadways. I said, I'm saying racist stuff. I didn't say anything racist. I wouldn't say anything racist. I'm not racist. Well, they're pretty upset that you're saying racist things. And I said, "What, what the fuck did I say? They said, you said multiple times that black guys are causing problems on the freeway. I said, dude, I'm not saying black guys. I'm saying black ice. Well, he seemed quickly relieved when he understood that. He said, do you mind calling these people back and explaining it to them? I said, sure, I don't give a shit. So I called them back, and they were apologetic because they realized their mistake. But uh, people are ready to jump on the radio guy for being racist when he's not being racist. (laughs) Anyway, it's going to be cold as hell. And if you don't live in Minnesota, be glad you don't tomorrow, because it's going to be cold as shit. Now, since we're talking about the roadways, I wanted to segue in. Colorado Governor Jared Polis commuted the 110-year sentence 
of a young truck driver. He's like 26 years old, convicted of vehicular homicide. And he reduced the prison term from 110 years down to 10 years. Now, this is an interesting thing. If you haven't heard the story, here's this young guy in a truck. He's going down a mountain in Colorado. Somehow he loses control of the truck and it goes racing madly down the side of the mountain. Well, it ends up in a fiery crash, killing four other motorists. He survives, but four motorists are killed. Now, he's promptly arrested, put on trial for vehicular homicide. He's convicted, and because of uh, mandatory sentencing in Colorado, uh, he gets 110 years. Four people died. Whatever he was going to get is times by four, and that ends up being 110 years. Now, obviously, this is a tragic situation. Four people have died. It's hard to remedy that situation. You'll never get those people back. And, of course, their families are terribly upset. And But the general public is kind of outraged by this sentence of 110 years. And so there was a lot of backlash. There were petitions. There were protests. They were putting a lot of heat on the prosecution team. And so the prosecution team responded. They felt the heat. And they went to the judge and they said, look, maybe you should be a little more lenient on this guy. He's a young guy. He didn't do it intentionally. Uh, He did cause the crash. Uh, But uh, you maybe want to be more lenient. Now, the prosecution was thinking that they'd make it 20 to 30 years, which is still a lot of time, but far better than 110 years. But instead, the governor offered clemency to this driver and said he would do 10 years of time and he would be eligible for parole after five years. Now, that's good for the guy who was in the truck, Now, the people that lost loved ones, they probably aren't very happy about that because that seems kind of like a a low sentence to give a guy who was responsible for the death of four people. Now, here's what you got to understand. This kid, and I say kid because he was 26 years old, and I'm 61. To me, a 26-year-old is a kid. I remember being 26, thinking I knew everything, and I didn't know jack shit anyway. Anyway, he didn't do anything intentionally. He didn't do anything at all intentionally. But that doesn't make him blameless. There was some negligence in this situation. There were some things he should have done that he didn't do, some things he shouldn't have done, but he did do. And the crash happened, four people died, and he needs to pay a price for it. In addition, there are probably some things the company he works for are responsible for for in this situation. Now, see, if you've got a uh, a truck driver on the roadway, they're in a semi. Now, if this semi is fully loaded, it's 80,000 pounds. This is very dangerous if not everything is perfect. These trucks have to be maintained properly. There are rules and regulations that the driver has to comply with. I mean, has to comply with. He could lose his license at best, and he could kill other people at the very worst. And unfortunately, that's how it played out for this particular driver. It's 
Now, most truck drivers on the freeways are pretty solid. They know their business. I mean, as long as they keep their trucks on the road and follow the rules, that's their bread and butter. That's how they make money. So it's important for them to do all the right things. But having watched freeways as long as I have, as I said, I was a um, traffic reporter for 27 years. I watched cameras all over the freeways in the Twin Cities area. I've literally seen hundreds of crashes involving semis. Now, when they're fully loaded and 80,000 pounds, they hit something, they are going to do some serious damage. I mean, to the point where I've seen them hit a bridge abutment and they had to close the roadway down to make sure the abutment was still stable. And if it wasn't, they had to fix it before they could open the roadway. But I've seen some crazy things out there, some upsetting things. And it's incumbent on people that drive trucks that they follow the rules because one little slip-up can cause a death. And I've seen it a number of times. I saw a situation where a truck is driving down one direction on the roadway and something was wrong with a wheel. It came off the vehicle. It crossed the median, headed down the opposite direction. So you got a car running at about 65 miles an hour and you got this big ass truck tire coming down the roadway. Well, when do you ever expect to see a fucking truck, a truck wheel coming at you? You don't. But This truck wheel is coming down the roadway heading right for a car. Car doesn't notice it right away and collides with that wheel. Now, if you've ever seen a truck wheel, these fucking things are big and they are heavy. And if it's coming at 50 miles an hour and you're going at 65 miles an hour, you hit that. You know what happens? The driver of that car was killed instantly because of the damage caused by that tire. That's a simple thing. I've seen other situations, too, where I was watching a truck go up a cloverleaf, you know, a curve, and uh, it was on the inside lane, and it was going around the curve, and it was going too fast. Now, there was a guy next to the truck going around the curve, too. Well, this truck went too fast. This truck uh, uh, freight got adjusted when it was going too fast and it flipped the truck over on top of that car and the man in that car uh, as i as i heard it there was one of the helpers that worked uh, with the department of transportation were out there he was underneath the truck inside the car and this worker held his hand as he died now here's a poor guy that's just getting in his car getting off work going home to his house in the suburbs to see his family his kids and all that But all of a sudden, something goes wrong. The truck tips over on top of him. He's dead. Everybody's life changes. It's that crucial when you have trucks on the roadway. And I will tell you something. Uh, Based on my experience as uh, as a traffic reporter and all the things I've seen out there, if you're ever on the roadway and there's trucks near you, just get away from them. Just get away. I mean, if you're next to a truck and it blows a tire, that can cause some incredible damage, scare the hell out of you, and put you in the ditch. And that's the very least that could happen. So if you're around a truck, don't try to pass a truck. Don't try to get in front of a truck, because you know how long it takes for a truck to stop, if, if necessary? A long way, and probably further than you are in front of it. Don't get in front of it. Don't 
drive side by side with it. Stay back from it. Let it do what it's going to do. You're going to be a lot safer. So this young man is going to do 10 years in jail, maybe five years and probation. But this is a terrible incident, and it could have been avoided, and that's the problem here. That's where this young man was negligent, and I dare say that his company probably will be found to have some negligence too. Maybe maintenance wasn't right. He's coming down this hill, and his brakes don't work. Can you imagine a semi-tractor trailer plummeting down a mountain, and the brakes don't work? Well, this young man had to be scared shitless. He thinks he may die, and then when it comes down to it, this horrific crash, everything's burning, four people are dead, and then to top it off, he gets arrested. Had he been thinking a little bit more and done all he should have done in terms of the rules, made sure the truck was maintained, this may never have happened. There's also some other safety valves when this kind of thing happens. On most roadways, he was, uh, the, there are these ramps that go off the roadway. It's a way to control a out-of-control semi. You can go up this ramp. It's got sand on it or something. So you're going uphill, and it will bring it to a stop before it hits anybody else. He was in the middle lane, I guess. I don't know if that's absolutely true, but for whatever reason, he didn't use any of those ramps, even though he passed by some, and that's what he should have done. I don't know if he purposely didn't use those ramps or he was never trained to use those ramps. I don't know what the issue is. But again, the bottom line is four people dead. This kid's going to be in jail for 10 years, and he had to sweat out the prospect of being in jail for 110 years. Nobody wins in this situation. Everybody loses. So for the truck drivers out there, I will say this. My experience in being a traffic reporter, most truck drivers out there are very professional. They know exactly what they're doing. They maintain their trucks. They follow all the rules. They understand the potential danger if there are problems with their truck or the way they are driving. Most of them are very professional. But... What I've seen on the roadways is that there are groups of small trucking companies or independent trucking companies that are just uh, getting by financially and maybe shirk their duties on maintenance of their truck or they're in a hurry and they take some risks. You can't take risk on a truck because it's just too fucking dangerous. And I'll tell you again, if you're driving down the roadway and a truck's anywhere near you, get as far away from them as you can. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if one of the many professional drivers is a person who's driving that truck. Stay back from it. Avoid it. Because you can become a casualty very quick and have no idea that it's going to happen. So anyway, this young man's going to get 10 years in jail. He's got to be relieved. He's 26 years old. He'll be, what, 31 when he gets out if he gets probation. That's a small price to pay, and I'm sure some of the people that have lost the loved ones in this incident aren't happy about that small sentence, at least in their minds. But what do you do? Do you take this kid's whole life because um, because he didn't know what he was doing or the truck wasn't properly maintained? I mean, it's his responsibility. He's not blameless in this thing. He deserves to pay a price. The question is, what is that price? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. But we know how it's going to end up. The governor commuted the sentence to 10 years 
five years with probation if he does everything he's supposed to do. And uh, at least there is some price paid for the negligence here. And trust me, this is negligence. All right. Uh, The other thing, Joe Biden, I told you about this in the last podcast. Joe Biden spoke to Vladimir Putin and he warned Vladimir Putin that the U.S. and all the allies will respond decisively should Russia attack the Ukraine. You know that the Russians are amassing, amassing, uh, or amassing uh, troops near the Ukraine border. And uh, we know when they annexed uh, Crimea um, and some other things, they're trying to expand and try to get back to where they were with the USSR before they became Russia, and the USSR failed. Well, they're threatening Ukraine, and Ukraine has no chance against Russia if they want to invade and take over. So the Americans don't want to see this. None of the allies want to see this. So they have to do some pushback on the Russians. So what do you do? Well, America is not going to go to war with Russia over this. That won't happen. Vladimir Putin knows that. Joe Biden knows that. That's not going to happen. But that said, Joe Biden isn't without some power in this situation. He's uh, got sanctions he can impose. And as I've told you before, Russia has some problems economically. And Joe could um, enact some uh, sanctions that would be catastrophic. I mean, literally catastrophic to Russia. And Vladimir Putin knows this. Now, he got a lot of free reign from Donald Trump. Donald Trump didn't do shit. Donald Trump kept saying, I've been the toughest on Russia. That's bullshit. Donald Trump probably owes Putin some money, or at least Russia some money. So he was easy on the Russians, and that's why they meddled in 2016 and 2020. That's why Donald Trump had Russian spies in the Oval Office shortly after he took office. Donald Trump was a kiss-ass to Vladimir Putin and all of the Russians. We don't know why, but I have a feeling sometime soon we will know. But Joe Biden's not going to be having that shit. Joe Biden has experienced uh, talking to Vladimir Putin on a number of occasions as a vice president. He knows what they're about and what they try to do. You see, that's the thing. Donald Trump wasn't smart enough to understand that Vladimir Putin is a cagey motherfucker. He's formerly of the KGB. He knows how to manipulate people and handle people. He knew that all you had to do was compliment Donald Trump and he'll let you do anything he wants. So that's what he did. And he played Donald Trump like a fucking fiddle. And then he used that to his advantage to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Well, Joe Biden, fortunately, is smarter than that and didn't allow that to happen. And he's putting Vladimir Putin on notice. Fuck around and we're going to put these sanctions on you and it's going to be catastrophic for your country. Vladimir Putin will back off. There's no sense for him to follow up. But there's going to be more talks and more negotiations. And I find that funny. Vladimir Putin thinks he has something to negotiate about. He has nothing. And if Joe Biden is smart, he'll just say, I'm not negotiating shit. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to do what I tell you, or we're going to fuck up your economy. Simple as that. And that's the way it should go. 
Now, I understand, you know, people have said to me, well, you should run for office. I couldn't run for office because I don't even know what the fuck diplomacy is. You can't do just what I said. I mean, that's what I would say. But you can't do that when you're talking about uh, uh, international politics and diplomacy and that sort of thing. Joe Biden is far more adept at that sort of thing. And he can be tough without being an asshole. See, I can't. I can't. I, I got to be the jerk. I got to be straightforward and blunt. And that won't work in any kind of political position. But I feel confident Joe Biden can handle this situation, can handle Vladimir Putin, and uh, we'll get this thing straightened out. But it'll be interesting to watch. There'll be some negotiations in January, and we'll see how quickly Vladimir Putin and the Russians pull back those troops on the border with Ukraine. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. So we were talking about Colorado with that truck driver going down the mountain. There's some other things going on in Colorado that are tragic and also kind of weird, kind of weird. There are wildfires in Boulder County, Colorado, and it's impacting about 30,000 people. Now, this doesn't happen in Colorado or almost anywhere in December. It's unusual. And in the last year or two, we've seen kinds of all kinds of unusual events in terms of weather, whether it be hurricanes or tornadoes in the middle of winter or wildfires out in the West Coast or those sorts of things. These are most certainly because of climate change. And of course, for four years under Donald Trump, climate change was ignored. Nothing was done. In this Build Back Better bill that Joe Biden wants to get passed, that Joe Manchin is fighting against, there is money and efforts put in that bill in order to combat climate change. This is something we need to do something about right now. We're almost too late if we aren't too late. But that doesn't mean we don't do something. Fires, wildfires in Colorado in late December going into early January, affecting 30,000 people. We got a tornado down in Kentucky that killed almost 70 people. This is a red flag for us. We should notice this, and we should do something about it. If we don't, this country and this world is going to have even bigger problems as time goes by. We need to do something about it quickly. And I think Joe Biden has some good plans. If we can get that Build Back Better bill uh, passed, then we can see some action. Uh, I mean, even if Joe Biden has to do some executive uh, orders to get some things done, something has to be done. And I think you'll see Joe Biden act one way or another. Now, you know, it's funny about Republicans. They're very big on gaslighting. That's their main strategy. And let's be honest, gaslighting is just a nice way of saying lying. They constantly tell us how everything is so horrible now that Joe Biden is president of the United States. Well, the fact of the matter is that's not true. They told us that Joe Biden would steal Christmas from us. We would have empty shelves all over the place because of this supply chain problem. Well, guess what? Christmas is over. We had no such problem. There weren't um, empty shelves. It went just fine. Gas prices had gone up, 
and now they're starting to drop a little bit. I even saw one gas station near me where the price was two ninety six. That surprised me. I hadn't seen that for a while. Typical gas price in my area is about three oh nine, maybe three fourteen, which is higher than it was last year. But you got to understand, we were in the middle of the pandemic. People weren't traveling as much. Uh, supply and demand is what dictates what the cost of gas is, and less people were driving, so gas was way cheaper. I mean, in the thick of COVID, I remember buying gas for like a buck sixty a gallon. It's all about supply and demand. uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden really don't have any effect on the price of gas. As much as they want to say that, it's not true. Now, in addition, according to Bloomberg, America's economy has improved under Biden in the first 12 months, more so than any other president in 50 years. You're telling us The economy sucks. It does not. It's probably the best it's been in 50 years. Donald Trump said if Joe Biden becomes president, the economy's shot. Well, once again, Donald Trump was fucking wrong, as he usually is. Now, when Joe Biden came into office, the unemployment rate was 6.7%. Today, it's 4.2%. So that's obviously coming down quite a bit. These people... These Republicans, these trump love telling us how bad things are. But the fact of the matter is, the facts and the numbers don't lie. And people in this country can read, they can listen, they can see, they can experience these things for themselves. Yes, inflation is a problem, but that's starting to level out and come down now, too. Inflation would be expected anytime you come out of a major event. You've got... Uh, the pandemic, when things that were bought and sold were far less because people just weren't doing it during the pandemic. And now when things open up and people start buying like they did before the pandemic, it takes a while for the process, the supply chain and other things to catch up. And because they're less product coming in and it's coming in slower, again, it's supply and demand. So the price of those things becomes higher. Now, it's taken a while. We thought it might be rectifying itself quicker than it has been, but it will adjust. It will get better. And to be perfectly honest with you, uh, with this bipartisan infrastructure bill, that's going to help the supply chain and get more things going again. With the Build Back Better bill, that will help us fight inflation too. As much as Joe Manchin thinks it's going to cause more inflation, he's wrong. And he knows he's wrong. He just doesn't want to do it for any number of other reasons. The fact is, once that Build Back Better bill is enforced, things will get better decidedly with inflation and throughout the country altogether. The economy is booming right now, but with that Build Back Better bill, it'll get even better. Now, all the gaslighting, all the lying, all the bullshit that the Republicans are spewing is not going to work after a while. They can't argue with the numbers or the facts. And I know they don't like facts, but they can't argue with the facts because people can see it, hear it, feel it. And then come 2022, they're going to keep spewing this shit and people are going, what what the fuck are you talking about? I'm fine. I'm good. Donald Trump kept saying, um, well, check out your 401k. 
Well, I checked out my 401k today, and uh, it's better than it ever has been, ever, even under Donald Trump. So let them talk. But the fact is, people will experience what they experience. And no matter what they're told by the Republicans, they'll know better. And it will have a significant impact on what happens in 2022. People still want to say, oh, the Republicans are going to win in 2022. Don't bet on it. Don't bet on it. There's too much other stuff going on. The economy's too good. There's too much information going to be exposed about these criminal Republicans in Congress and uh, in the Trump administration. All this is going to play a role in 2022. Don't buy into the fact that it's a foregone conclusion that the Republicans are going to win. They are not. They are not going to win. Now, talking about um, criminal activity coming to the surface, an official of the Trump administration, Peter Navarro, you may be seeing this guy on TV. He's an arrogant fuck, and I do not like him. He admitted on television that he and Steve Bannon plotted to block the certification of the 2020 election on January 6th, and he said he even lined up a 100 Republican politicians to assist them, including Ted Cruz. Wow. That's talking without thinking, isn't it? What he basically just said, they confessed to the fact that they, yes, didn't plan the insurrection, they facilitated the insurrection, and frankly, that's treason or sedition, and he's just admitted to it. Now, I'm sure he's sitting back thinking, damn, I shouldn't have said that. But here's a professional politician. You don't know that? This didn't come to mind when you were spewing this stuff? No, you're such a narcissistic, arrogant fuck that you want to impress everybody at every turn. And what do you do? You expose yourself for the criminal you are. This is going to get Navarro a subpoena. This is going to get Navarro a possible indictment with the grand jury. They got to. He just admitted to plotting an insurrection against the country. That is unacceptable, intolerable, and it has to be addressed. And you know what? It will be addressed. With all this coming out with the uh, House Select Committee, there's going to be a lot of people going through some things, as Donald Trump once said. And Pete Navarro is going to be one of those folks. I'm sure he's getting all kinds of calls from uh, Republicans all over the country. A hundred Republicans wanted to help him with the insurrection. Well, I wonder who they are. Ted Cruz was named. The others, some you can guess. But when we're talking about a hundred politicians, they get their names released. And this is going to cause them a lot of problems. And it's not going to speak well for the Republicans as we get closer to the 2022 election. Now, One of the most important things we need to do quickly, I mean, like this quarter, like January, February, March at the latest, we've got to come to some agreement and pass this voting rights bill. Let's be perfectly honest. If you don't pass the voting rights bill, it's game over. 
because we won't have any elections that are legitimate anymore. We won't have any elections that aren't impacted or manipulated by the Republicans. We're just letting them have it. Now, Joe Biden wants to pass the voting rights bill, but he needs to do something with the uh, filibuster because he needs 60 votes with the filibuster. And since no Republican will vote for it because Republicans are against democracy, apparently, you need to somehow bypass the filibuster so you only need 51 votes. And then you need Manchin and Cinema to vote for it. Well, Joe Biden and Joe Manchin are going to be talking about this as soon as they get back next week. And I honestly believe that this voting rights bill is going to get passed fairly quickly. I mean, it has to. With all this gerrymandering and all these uh, voter suppression laws being passed by Republican states all around the country, if this doesn't get passed, like I said, it's game over. We've got a bunch of elections that won't be executed properly or legally. Anything that goes against the Republicans, they're going to fight against, and we'll go through this whole bullshit about audits and all this stuff. They're putting people in places of... um, election officials, and they'll have them overturn fair and honest elections just because they didn't go the way they wanted them to go. So this voting rights bill has to pass. Joe Biden knows this. Joe Manchin knows this. The Republicans know it too, but they don't care because they don't want fair and free elections because they know they can't win with fair and free elections. So they're willing to cheat. They're willing to take that risk. And that's the risk they're taking. So as much as Joe Manchin doesn't like getting rid of or going around the filibuster, they did it with the debt ceiling. There's no reason they can't do it with the voting rights bill. And they will. I mean, we're talking about people in West Virginia where um, Joe Manchin is from that are going to suffer if that voting rights bill doesn't get passed. These people will be disenfranchised. Their votes won't count or won't be counted at all. And so Joe Manchin knows this. He likes to play this game. He likes to play the tough guy. And no, we don't want to get rid of the filibuster. Even though you had no problem with it, with the debt ceiling, now you need to get rid of it, at least for this one instance. Carve it out. Mitch McConnell has done it a number of times. It can be done, and it should be done And honestly, I believe it will be done. There's just no way they can't get something done here. It's just impossible. And it's a death knell to this country if you don't get it done. Now, Joe Manchin isn't the smartest person in in the Senate, but he's smart enough to understand what the ramifications would be if they don't pass the voting rights bill. As much as he does vote closer to Republican in many cases, he is still a Democrat. And he still has to worry about the future of this country, if he has any soul at all. Now, I'm not convinced that he does, but I'm hoping he has a shred of a soul so he does the right thing. And as much as they've dicked around with this, I firmly believe that they will come up with an answer. They will get the voting rights bill done. And then at some point after that, the next month, they'll get the 
Build Back Better bill passed. And all those things will help with the Democrats come 2022. When you start getting those kinds of accomplishments, you get an economy that's running better than ever. You get unemployment going down. You finally get a hold of COVID. I mean, COVID is... uh, is a big problem here because it can still impact the economy, which will affect Joe Biden and his current economy. So that has to get under control. And what we know about COVID with this Omicron, it's going to get hot and heavy over the next three weeks. This is when it's going to kind of peak out like it always does with the surges in the winter. These next three weeks are going to be very problematic We've got people already saying that they're seeing cases, the numbers of cases like they've never seen before. And that's saying something since we just came out of the pandemic with COVID-19 and Delta. So it's spreading very quickly. Anybody who's not vaccinated is going to get the Omicron. Thankfully, it seems to be a little tamer than the others. So hopefully less people will get sick. As I said in the previous podcast, The number of hospitalizations and deaths is kind of flat. It's not growing with the number of cases, so that's good news. But here's something else to consider. If this Omicron keeps moving around and keeps um, infecting people, you have the opportunity of another variant. And we have no clue what that variant would be if the uh, vaccine has any effect on it or how serious it could be. Delta was pretty serious. A lot of people died from Delta. Omicron, maybe not as many people, probably not anywhere near as many people will die from Omicron. But if there's another variant, we have no way to know what that's going to be. And if it's more serious and causes more death, we're just back in the shit again. So, as I've told you before, If you've got your vaccine, make sure you get your booster. That's your best protection against Omicron. If you're not vaccinated, you should get vaccinated. If you refuse to get vaccinated, well, then you get what you get. Stay away from us and just wallow in your shit because you're going to be. You will get Omicron. And hopefully it won't be serious for you. And hopefully you won't be put in the hospital. But that's not a risk I want to take. So I got my booster. If they tell me I need another one, I'll get that fucking one too. It doesn't matter. My life, my future, uh, my family's lives and future isn't worth uh, my pride. And let's be honest, that's what this is all about. These people don't want to get the vaccine because of their pride. They know better than the Democrats. Well, you may know better than Democrats, but you don't know better than the scientists. And you better start listening to the scientists. Otherwise, people you know, people close to you are going to die around you. And then it'll be too late to do the right thing. Now, when we're talking about the voting rights, I just want to explain something um, I often say that it's, it's, it's important, it's, it's on us to do something to get some of these things exposed and passed and get the DOJ to do what they're supposed to do. And people seem to be confused by that. Well, what can we do? Well, you can put pressure on, you can talk about it, you can call your representatives, you can protest, you can do whatever you want. You'll remember back in the 60s, John F. Kennedy was pushing the civil rights. 
making things hopefully better for people of color. Well, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. But Lyndon Johnson picked up the reins and pushed forward with civil rights. Fact of the matter is that uh, Lyndon Johnson passed probably more bills than almost any other president in history. He was very prolific. But here's the interesting thing about Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson, if you liked him or didn't like him, the one thing can be said about Lyndon Johnson, that motherfucker was a thug. He was. You know, when he was in the House of Representatives, I think he was Speaker, he was a control freak. He threatened people. He was tough on people. He was a mean son of a bitch. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think he was racist, too. But he still pushed the civil rights thing. Why would he do that if he doesn't believe in it? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the pressure was on in this country. The pressure was on to get that civil rights uh, uh, amendment passed. And politicians only care about votes, and they only care about polls, and they only care about shit like that. So even though Lyndon Johnson probably wasn't the hottest um, proponent of the Civil Rights Amendment, he did need to push it to get it passed. He didn't want to shit on John Kennedy, who is now a huge hero after being assassinated. And he also didn't want to push away potential voters because he was going to run again. And uh, he pushed the Civil Rights um, Act over the finish line and got it done. And got it done. But again, the only reason he got it done was because he was getting all kinds of pressure from the people in this country. And we should take note of that and do that same thing and put that kind of pressure. Be talking, talking loudly, pushing hard. And that will help us get our voting rights bill passed um, and get it done. But you have to do your part. Speak up, stand up, push back. Do whatever you have to do. Be loud and proud about it. They need to know that the majority of the people in this country support it. And if they don't do something to uh, help those people that support it, they're in fucking deep trouble next election. So, as much as American citizens had to fight to make sure we got the Civil Rights Amendment, you need to do the same thing for the Voting Rights Bill. And it's ironic that we pushed hard and got the Civil Rights Bill passed, and now this Voting Rights Bill needs the same kind of work from us, the citizens, but it also impacts people of color, the very people we hope to protect in the civil rights, uh, civil rights Bill. We got that passed. But now we're getting Republicans and racists and white supremacists trying to take some things away from people of color. We can't allow that to happen. So we as a country have to fight real hard to make sure that voting rights bill is passed. Because as I said, if we don't get that voting rights bill passed, it's game over. We're fucked. We are supremely fucked. If you ever needed to fight, if you were ever concerned, now is the time to be that way. Because this country is in trouble, the democracy is hanging by a thread. Joe Biden and the Democrats can get it done, but they need help from the American public. They need that pressure. All right. We're going to wrap things up for yet another Rational Boomer podcast. If you have questions, comments, or complaints, 
Uh, send them to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer, leave a voicemail message. You have a great day. I'm not excited about tomorrow and the cold weather coming, but I'll tell you about it when we meet again right here. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.